Welcome back, everyone, to the Out of Context podcast for January 10th and year of our something 2023. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are still my friends for this new year. This is a show of all I shows. I'm your friend. Well, you're not really my friend. You're more my co-host. I mean, maybe oh off-screen we're friends. I don't know, oh but... God, no wonder you're telling me this now. You're waiting for it to be public. And I want to get emotional. This is going to be a scandal. And so today with the Out of Context podcast, this is a different show, of course, for everyone who's just now tuning in. We're live here for digital download and selected movie theaters for download as well. And just to let you know, the stage before Frostbite is known as Frostnip. Huh? That's actual true. <laughs> That's actually true. And, no, I love it. and we'll get back to that one. Every continent except Antarctica has at least one McDonald's. So this wonders why that, you know, most continents people are overweight except for Antarctica. Go figure. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure there's a few countries that McDonald's has been banned. And there's um, a Norwegian country, like, not Norwegian media is what, but, wait, hold on. No, because I actually read this before. I am uh, fact-checking you, sir. Okay. And while you're doing that, I'll do one more and we'll get into the show here. And this will kind of make you laugh a little bit for you. Girls have more taste buds than men. Go figure. It makes sense. That's why I have my husband uh, eat and drink a lot of pineapple and pineapple juice. I've been on a pineapple diet for a couple of weeks now. We'll leave that alone. Um, so, <laughs> so I'll go back to the uh, no before we do. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's welcome our co-host, my co-host and yours, the best one, the best one ever, because she will tell you, Ashley Majestic. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Hey, it's me. I have not been interrupting you and disturbing the peace whatsoever, but hello there. <laughs> how are you doing these days? And what are your thoughts on the first stage before Frostbite is Frostnip? Love it. I'm here for it. That was a good move. And see, I actually broke you. I actually made you giggle to it. That's, see, that, that, that made my evening right there. Oh, there's going to be more. There's going to be more that's going to make your evening. Oh, we cannot wait. So as we get started, of course, what have you been up to? How's life been treating you? Uh, it's going. Uh, before we start recording, I kind of gave in a little tidbits of what the year is coming out for me. Uh, without me going into details, it's a busy year. Um, there's a lot of things with my job that are coming up for myself and things I'm getting involved in. There is, uh, you know, I'm going to go see family here shortly. I am going to be a maid of honor for one of my best friend's wedding. Uh, she's getting married this year. Or they are, because both her and the groom, they're both my best friends. And traveling with my husband. So it's just going to be a very, very fun and busy year for me. And I guess I'm not... I am feeling positive. I'm feeling positive. I just always have the exhaustion of working throughout the day of, you know, confronting and conversating with human beings. And that's what's exhausting. Oh, trust me, you and me both. I mean, the human race itself scares me, but we won't get too deeply into that. And uh, with my line of work, I do deal with the general public. Not as much as the old jobs that we've had dealing with, you know, more and more people. With your job, yes, it's a revolving door of just a constant flow of customers. So you definitely have my uh, condolences for that. And of course, the little noise you hear in the background, ladies and gents, are the little memes we're sending back and forth to one another. And good Lord Almighty, thank God you can't see this, is very disturbing. So she's starting off on the good foot here. And I'm not even going to try to explain what she's sending to me. 
So I'll just bypass that for now. And I will let you guys in on something tremendous with our show. She keeps on doing it. And I'm, I'm going to keep on ignoring it because I have a show to do. You're saying you're ignoring it, but you keep acknowledging it. Of course. And, and uh, your uh, girl, uh, Rainbow Cupcake, is on right now. So, so, so here we go. That's Becky. Yes. Becky was a previous guest of ours. That's Becky. Yes. And we're going to have her on definitely sooner than later. But good news, everyone of the Walker AC Experience, the Out of Context, Like and Majestically show, um, we have picked up another sponsor for our show. We are now on Boom Play. Now, with Boom Play, it's just like Spotify and Pandora. You have your music, you have your podcast, you have everything audio-wise uh, going on. So please, for everyone out there, if you want a new method to listen to us, download the free app of Boom Play. Download on your Android, your smartphone. Sign up for free, go under podcast, and give a search for the Walker AC experience. You know, uh, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, give us a little comment. Thank you, boomplay.com forward slash podcast. Another forum which adds on right now. So, right now we're under 22 platforms right now. So, as you're talking to your bestie, what do you think about that? Actually, paying attention to you, I think it's actually pretty exciting that we're still growing. It's not that so how am i going to put this it's not that i don't believe in us it's i just have a very low confidence outside of my you know joking my jokes so it just it's awesome it's awesome that we just sit here and pretty much be ourselves mostly me you're just really just trying to handle the situation but i just sit here and just say whatever comes to my mind or whatever i'm able to find on google because i have actually six tabs on google right now so, <laughs> I'm looking up a lot of different things that I can possibly mention later. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome that we're growing, one, with, regardless of it being different platforms or just getting more people to listen to us. Yes, and of course, you know, without them, they wouldn't be any us. And, I, you know, I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to break into continuity just for a second here. I'm mad at you, Ashley. I'm, really, I'm, 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 I'm mad at you. I'm sure there's many, many reasons, but why? <laughs> Small story. Two days ago, my mother gives me a call. She lets me know. This is going. She lets me know. She says, son, my TV, my Xbox, it's just not working. And I need your help to come over and fix it. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem whatsoever. I have the day off. I'll come by, help you out. It's cool. It's fine. Now, as we're talking on her cell, I'm hearing this voice in the background. And it's a female voice. I'm like, okay, well, I figure my sister's there talking to her, being a goof and everything. And, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm on my way. So I come over there. I walk in the house, and she had our podcast playing in the background. Okay. Because she tells me, well, since the TV and the Xbox isn't working, I decided to listen to your show. I listened to it. I've been starting from this month to this month, and I'm almost current. And who is the young lady that's your co-host? And I look, I'm like, oh, that's my co-host, Ashley. She goes, huh, okay. And I'm like, what? Well, she is, she's different. She's very, very different. She's always Googling things. And she talked about the, the, the purple dildo. Um, really? And I'm like, um, yes, mother. She talked about the purple dodo. And my mother starts to laugh. And she goes, Ashley is very entertaining. 
She's very different. She's very weird, but she's very entertaining. <laughs> Great. Hello, Vaughn. I love you. You are currently my number one fan. And whenever we start making products for the show, you're going to get everything first. I will guarantee it. And if Adrian does not give you everything first, we're going to fight. Uh, I will take the purple dildo and I will slap him. She listened to you. She found you thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. And I'm like, wait a second. Um, I'm your son. Hello, do I get any love out of this? And she goes, yeah, you know, Ash is really funny. She's really weird. And I'm not too sure how she, you know, Googles all this weird stuff she talks about. And yeah, she went off about you for about a few minutes. And uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, wonderful. I got upstaged. My mother likes you better than me. That's, this is why I'm mad at you about that. What can I say? I'm good with the ladies. Yeah, we're gonna get away from that very quickly. So. <laughs> oh, no, I already did it. I already said my hello. I already said my hellos to your mother. I look forward to the day that I can actually just meet her, and either she's going to hate me and burn me alive, or she's going to love me. There's only two ways people feel about me. Well, I mean, here's hoping you know she she loves you because I kind of have to keep you around for the you know for show purposes only. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was very entertaining. Now, we're going to get started here, and we're going to have to do it. Uh, like I told you before we recorded, we're going to have to do it. I think it's time. I think we waited long enough, and statute of limitations has, has ran out. So I think we can talk about our job, our past job, because we make so many references about it. And I know I talked about it a little bit many, many years ago. So I think it's time to describe the job that really kind of brought us together, the job that we hate it together, but we still talk about. I'm not too sure if that's a, uh, you know, Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. So you ready to talk about it? Let's do this. So, my dear listeners, what we're going to do, we're going to do two parts. We'll do part one and we'll do part two. Because our tenure at that particular job lasts very long to where we can't fit it into just one hour. So we may have to do a second part another day. So we're going to break it up into three parts. We're going to break it up into you know how we when we first got hired our initial reactions to it any kind of controversies that happened in our job and then how we left graveyard smash that's funny anyhow so <laughs> people don't look they'll explain if you're going to say something like that i have no idea what you're talking about and i'm pretty sure the listeners don't know what you're talking about please elaborate on what you just said you're gonna make me say it aren't you Oh, you know, I didn't make you say anything. You said it. You need to elaborate and explain this because since you like to explain to our listeners of the shenanigans that go on behind the scenes and you said it, you must elaborate per what you always do for the listeners. Okay, fine. Now, Ashley explained this before in a couple of shows that we've done before to where we record on Discord, pulling back the fourth wall here. We are, we record on Discord. So she's in one location, I'm in another location, I'm at Castle Walker, nobody's allowed in, you know, alligators in the moat, blah, blah, blah. So with Discord, of course, you can send messages back and forth. And right now, she keeps sending me disturbing messages along with one of her friends. And lovely Ashley's sarcasm, she put down, if you have sex with a woman who's had multiple abortions, it's called a graveyard smash. And that just kind of took me right there, so... Yeah, yeah, that kind of, that, 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 that definitely kind of got me. So congratulations on that. <sighs> so now, are we, are we, are we ready to talk about this? 
I, th I think we're ready to talk about this. So we're going to start with you so you can get your head out of, uh, out of Discord for a few minutes. So would you be so kind to start? Tell them about the job that you applied for that you got so many years ago, and how was it when you first walked in? So, well, I first, like all dumb young idiots, uh, I was actually excited when I got hired. I was, I was 18, uh, being 18, my very first job was actually working for SeaWorld. And I was only a seasonal employee, my season had run out, and I had not found a job yet. My parents were not, very supportive monetary or any type of way so my income was my own income and I was very stressed and I was trying to save money to the point where it's just me and my dog and I was making sure my dog was eating before I did and I, I strictly remember that and I remember seeing a you know help wanted sign at this racetrack that was right around like right outside my neighborhood I lived in so I decided why not I applied for it and yeah i got to the, do the interview i you know the guy loves me i still remember that his name was raul and he was really great so they hired me and i just started and i was like working between a whole bunch of different stores i was helping to open up newer stores in different locations i was considered a floater and which is fine because i got paid a little extra i worked overtime i was single i had no other priorities I didn't care. Plus, young and had all the energy to do that because if I think about that now, dear God, no. So for a first while, it was pretty good. And then, you know, as what happens normally to all customer service jobs, it turns to shit. But again, just to elaborate, it's when I first started, it was a good thing for me because I was being employed. I was 18 going on, I was 18, 19 years old when I first started. And it was... You know, and a lot of people I'm friends with today, like you, I met through working for racetrack. So, you know, that was my first take on starting there. All right, cool. So, I lived in New York for a spell. I went there just to get some personal things done. Um, I was there living for a couple of months. So, life happened. I came back to Florida. Uh, I worked at a beach shop. And I worked there for a couple of months, got let go. That's a whole nother story for another day. And with really no direction moving back to Florida, I applied for racetrack. Now, for those of the uninitiated, racetrack is a gas station mixed in with food, mixed in with coffee. So I gave an application in, I put one online, got a phone call. Young lady hired me, started me immediately. And I worked under a gentleman, very flamboyant gentleman, who took a very strong liking to me. Not too sure how or why, but he took a liking to me and wanted to show me the ropes. I worked really fast. So the initial impression was I was a fresh-faced adult coming into a new situation, needed to make money to, to sustain my uh, way of life. And racetrack was pretty fun. Everyone was nice. You know, you worked with coffee. You made coffee, you made food every morning. And the worst comes the worst, people come in and pump gas and buy cigarettes. No harm, no foul. So it started off very well. So then, we're gonna, I'm going to lob the ball back to you. We're going to fast forward a little bit. So we're going to talk about the fun parts, the mysteries, the scandals, and stuff like that that we had to go through. But of course, you and I really didn't work together that much in the beginning. We worked together mainly towards the end. 
So I'll lob that over to you. Um, I'm trying to think. So you and I, like I was with Racetrack for quite some time before you and I even met. Um, I was probably with Racetrack for, I want to say almost three years. And this is at a time I was working in a whole different area in a different city. And I don't know, I, I just had fun. I, I wrote, it was basically the store that you and I met at that I actually really started hating the job. Because where I was at prior, before moving, I had a great team. I had an awesome manager that was fun. He was kind of like a, a father figure in a way. Um, I had great coworkers. I, there were shenanigans all the time all the time and funny enough so we worked at one of the bigger racetracks where you had the yogurt machines and you had the tables outside tables inside outside so when a lot of my coworkers and i were not a lot when some of them and i would be off work and we're not doing anything else we would go back to the store and sit down on the tables just to hang out and talk and also torment any of our coworkers that were currently on shift but i mean I can just go down the list of all my a lot of favorite members. I worked overnights a lot. Um, I remember because when I was dating, I usually kept that a secret. I wasn't the type to tell people that I was publicly dating because I hated the whole, oh, I'm dating somebody. And two weeks later, oh, it's over. Three days later, oh, I'm on the date. Like, I, I hate that. So this girl I'm working with, she was a good friend of mine at the time. And her and I were casually talking, and I said, yeah, I'm going on a date. And this is actually, I was talking about my husband that's now. And I remember, his name was Henry. He comes up, and I didn't, and this guy's like a, a nearly seven foot tall. He's, he's a really big guy, but man, he is quiet when he moves. And comes up out of nowhere, he's like, what, boyfriend? Boyfriend? You can't have a boyfriend. Why do you have a boyfriend? No, give me your phone. You're grounded. Go to the cooler right now. I'm like, what? No. He says, you're going to the cooler. Give me your phone and go to the cooler. I'm like, you're, you're joking, right? He says, no, phone. I was like, okay. So I go to the cooler, which is my favorite place to be anyway. But 15 minutes, I was like, can I come out now? He says, no, you're grounded, <laughs> boyfriend. But, I mean, just, it was fun. And then, you know, of course, moving to the store where you and I met at, I liked it to a point. To me, there's a little bit more drama than I would have liked. I don't like drama in the workplace whatsoever. I hate even being a part of it, middle of it, anything to do with it. I, I don't mind listening about it, but I don't want to be a part of it. I worked my ass off there. I was there five days a week, sometimes six. I would pull doubles all the time. I, I just busted my ass because I like the approval of others. I, I have a, pra a praise complex. Uh, or praise kink there we go and but people would always say i was getting favoritism and i hated that because i knew i worked my ass off so that's part of drama right there but at the same time i felt like i got along with everybody and it was mostly like the part-timers or someone that was new there that would claim favoritism until they either got to know me or they just left or they got fired or they quit and you know, then you know, you came along. I don't remember how long I was there before you became um, the one of the night managers. But immediately, my first thought was, I'm gonna harass this man until loving, until liking me, because you were so nitpicky on everything. And I'm pretty sure I've said this on multiple episodes before, but you were so nitpicky about everything. 
that I'm like, oh no, this is this is not gonna fly with me, no sir. And thus, uh, because of your nitpicking and my need to harass you because of that, has led us to where we are now. <laughs> Go figure how this works. Now, you're, I, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I figure you had a more tame uh, tenure there. You know, um, you know, like you know, like during during the highlights, during the twilight of your uh, of your stay there, I guess. If easier said than done, if I can speak properly, um, I went through a few scandals my five year being there because um, I worked between two stores. First, I did second shift, then I did overnights, and then I floated between the uh, Cape Canaveral location next to Cocoa Beach and the Merritt Island location. For those of you, once again, the uninitiated, I live in Florida and live in a little bitty island called Merritt Island. You'll never know where it is because you ask anyone, they have no idea. All you know is Orlando. That's all you know. And I would toggle back and forth between those locations. I worked under a young lady who we'll just call Karen because Karen's a universal name. So we'll just call her Karen. And she was more or less like a military person without the military. Um, she was verbally, not abusive, but verbally demanding. She literally had the motto of, I'm going to tear you down so I can build you back up, you know, in her eyes, kind of like religion, weird. And yeah, she was never satisfied. Hence me being so nitpicky to you, Ashley. But yeah, when she would come in, everybody's butthole would pucker because she would just walk to the store ranting and raving about everything because nothing wasn't good enough. And that's how she tried to mold a lot of people. And a lot of people left because of the way she handled business. She would tell you to your face that you were not any good. And she would tell you that this wasn't good enough and you need to work harder and you need to work faster. And she was loud, a very, very loud Spanish woman. It has nothing to do with her being Spanish, but she was Spanish and very, very loud. Ashley knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, she was. So that, and I, I feel like I was probably one of the rare people that didn't. I mean, I, I see what you're talking about. She was very loud, and she what, could be very critical. But I saw a different. I guess I was just had a different relationship with her. Is I, I guess probably going back to my own parents is being yelled at all the time that I wasn't good enough. But I mean, Karen, she didn't do that with me. But she was always very critical and tell me what I could do to improve or things like that. And I guess I just didn't take them in a bad way or I just needed the I was constantly seeking approvals that I just ignored anything that was bad I can't say that now because of just how I, I remember her but I can't ignore where it's you and multiple other people that we had worked with that had about the same feelings as you do and but I don't know I, I loved working with her but again how things happened to me at the end of it is what kind of changed like I want to say the respect I had because it was just like I can no longer work as three people for you anymore, and so I've just been abandoned. Oh, oh well, you're talking about that you're looking for more, like me saying dirty things or highlight memories. I mean, we can talk about the dildo thing again. Uh, that's one of the ones that we just talked about a few episodes back. I can always retell that story, and we can go right back into that same debate. Um, <laughs> I mean. Dude, you're working at a gas station and you work in the middle and you're working overnight three o'clock in the morning you see the weirdest of the weirds i i remember i nearly got into a fight a swinging a fight with a homeless man because he wouldn't fucking try me there for instance 
I think you even remember him. I don't remember his name, but he was the homeless guy that would make things out of uh, palm leaves or something. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yes, a straw hat guy. He would sit outside of the, yeah. uh, the Cape Canaveral store and just sit there, yes. Yeah, so it got to the point that he was trespassed with the premises. He wasn't even allowed on the premises anymore. And I remember he came in when I was covering shift one night and I saw him and I just simply, was, and I was, remember I was counting the scratch-offs and I said, oh, his name was James, I think so. I said, James, you know you're not supposed to be in here. And, the way, and then I looked up and the way he looked at me was like, I, he's like, I would stab you if I had a knife right now. So I looked at him right back. I said, what are we going to do about James? Are you going to leave? And I said, you can get yourself a coffee and leave, but we can't do this again because next time I will call the cops. But if you're, if you keep looking at me the way you are now, we're going to have a whole different other problem. And, and he did, he just grabbed a coffee and he left and he didn't come back in again. If he, if he knew I was working, at least he didn't come back in, which is fine. Cause the guy caused a lot of problems. So I didn't feel bad about it because again, if I don't mind someone that's in need, we have extra coffee, we have food that's going to get thrown away. I don't care. Come in and take that stuff. I'll, I'll give it to you. But, but something else where you are living that way and then you're kind of an asshole and you take advantage of people that are trying to be nice for you and you harass a lot of people, both customers and the employees, then it's different. I no longer want to help you. Um, there's scandals. Like we had, um, that one manager at Merritt Island, uh, he was, he was selling drugs. He was doing drugs on the premises and he got fired. I wasn't part of that, but I remember that there's, you know, people having flings. I could really go down the list of wild things. I just really can't think of a lot of them off the top of my head because I, of course, I was part of a lot of those shenanigans. Um, usually spearheaded a lot of them. Um, I just remember a lot of things is I can take it when someone's yelling at me and being an asshole to me, but when someone was being like that to any of the other girls that worked there, I turned into a whole different person. Like I was ready to beat someone's ass for Veronica one time. And there was another guy during one of the boat shows, you know, he wants beer. Dude, it's a boat show weekend. We've got four cruise ships. We are almost out of beer. You look at, see those doors, they are empty. But he still wanted a, the apple orchid or something like that. I said, okay, I'll go check for you. I went back there, saw that I wasn't there. I go back up there and I say, hey, I'm sorry. I did check everything, but unfortunately we are out. And I was very polite about it. And he started storming out this line literally going way to the end of the store. And he's like, fuck this place, blah, 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 blah. And this girl that was working there for a short time, she said very sarcastically, have a nice day, sir. He turns around, he starts bolting. I pushed her out of the way and I got in front of him and I put my finger in his face. I said, get out of my store now or I will drag you out while I'm calling the cops. And there was a cab driver that was right there. And every time he came in from then on, he always reminded me of that. He said, yeah, you're, you're scary. And he said, I, I will be fucking scary. <laughs> but yeah, so there's just a lot of shenanigans. Uh, I mean, you working overnights too, you, you have your fair share of like the weird ass customers, the drunks that came in, the dr drug heads to the creeps. Like we've had, we had them all. 
Oh, of course. And once again, I'm not, I'm not really looking for a scandal. I guess I, I guess I misspoke. I'm not really looking for, you know, for dirt or to bury the people that we work with. It's just that what, what we went through for us that was really weird and strange and, and really out of it for us. Now, of course, something like that, yeah, that would definitely, yeah, definitely hold up to one of the weird and wacky things that went on. Going back to Karen, working with her wasn't bad at all because she was great to you you know if you're on our, if you were on her good side if you're one of her people then yes you know she loved you but and of course i, I guess this is an excuse working overnight 9 30 at night to 7 in the morning she comes in at 5 30 and literally tears apart everything you do because she wants perfection that's not necessarily a bad thing but there's just a way to talk to people and unfortunately she didn't really have that way of talking to people um, it was either do this, do this, no please, no thank yous, but once again, she's a manager, it's her store, it is what it was. And not a whole lot of people survived working under her. Um, I was one of the few that survived, but bouncing between two stores, it definitely really helped. But I'll tell you this story towards the, towards the uh, it was the beginning of the end for me, mainly. The, fl the flamboyant manager I talked about in the beginning um, he was the store manager for the Merritt Island branch. And he would come in in the morning, you know, do his normal stuff, you know, survey the store, make sure everything was nice and groovy. Um, I had my team that worked for overnight, and I worked with a young lady and who was extremely, extremely sensitive, and she really didn't take too kindly to anybody else's humor. It was what it was. I knew how she was. So being a professional, I acted accordingly. So the manager came in, did his walk, spoke to us, went over a couple of things, and he was doing an order. And she was about ready to leave, and uh, he found uh, a stray condom on the floor that was wrapped. He picked it up, looked at her, and tossed it to her, and he goes, okay, you'll probably need this when you get home. And yeah. She turned bright red, ran in the back, cried, and everything in between. Two days later, I get a phone call from corporate wanting to meet me at McDonald's, wanting to interview me because of what he said to her. And I had to sit down and be interviewed for about an hour from a young lady in corporate wanting to know what he said, how she took it, everything in between. Three days later, the gentleman's fired. I've never seen anything like that, never experienced anything like that, and it's kind of nerve-wracking. It is kind of intimidating sitting there with someone from corporate with a pad and paper asking you questions while wanting to buy you food at the same time. So that was, that was definitely one of the weird, bizarre things I went through, and I'll just give you one more and we'll go on to the next one, because I know we have so many stories that we're going to do for part two. Part two is going to be all the wacky stuff. All the wacky stuff that nobody would could ever imagine would go on in a gas station. Uh, I think number two was all the uh, frivolity going on in the store between coworkers. I mean, I'm talking. I have seen coworkers do naughty stuff in the cooler, naughty stuff outside, naughty stuff behind the barista, naughty stuff away from cameras. That's something I wasn't. That's something I wasn't used to seeing. I've seen coworkers fall asleep standing up behind a counter. I've seen management. I've seen district manager come in and fire people for not carding uh, customers and being mystery shopped. 
And I know you've seen stuff like that too. Um, oh yeah. I, I walked into the cooler to stock the cooler and there were customers inside the cooler looking for a beer, looking to cool down or just kind of wandering about. And working in overnights at two in the morning, the strip clubs will let out. And we have the strippers coming in to buy their fruit, to buy their orange juice, and to buy their bottle of water, being tailed by just the customers wanting to flirt with them. Myself and my other associate, we would have to protect the strippers because we would never hit on them because we just didn't want to. So the strippers would come in, talk to us. The drunk guys would come in asking for their phone number. We had to shoo them out. Two o'clock in the morning, it was last call for beer. We had people come in, 205, 210, wanting to buy beer. They get mad, cuss us out, trash the store. We had to call the police. And yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely um, some of the tipping points. You know, to definitely uh, guide me, you know, to, like, you know, to let you leave racetrack. Uh, anything else you have before we go on to the, uh, the third one? The typical, I mean, kind of going off of like the creeps is, it just creeps. Uh, the construction workers that worked on the terminals at the port uh, the late night creeps so many times was myself and other females, at least I can't speak for males, that we would just get harassed. I remember there was this older guy who's probably in like his 50s or 60s and he made me feel so uncomfortable and it's like he always waited until I was outside working, like getting the trash or cleaning the squeegee things or doing something and it just he always turned up and I felt so uncomfortable. I just there's times where people that were the cab drivers, people that were just regulars, I felt like when I'm not paying attention, like I'm stocking chips or doing the coffees or anything, they could just walk up behind me and put their arms around me. And just, no, please don't do that. That I, I don't like that. Um, but just, I don't know, like it's so weird that I could probably, because I guess I haven't really thought about racetrack in so long a lot of memories that I, I again that's over four years of worth of memories but there's a lot of things that don't stand out to me anymore because I guess I just don't think about that job anymore um there's a lot there's actually more tea that I do have but I don't want to eat up the time uh, there's like just for instance I was up for a promotion when I was single and I actually wanted it and I got screwed over because this woman who was the field trainer wanted her store associate to be promoted over me, even though he had zero night experience. Uh, probably had one week worth of running shift on his own. And you know what, here we go. I'm gonna talk about it really quick. Pretty much, I was running shifts very early on from my appointment, like three months in, as early. I would go cover at other stores. And if it was a first, second, third, if it was a shift, I covered it. I didn't mind. If someone called me saying, hey, Ashley, can you come? Oh, okay. Uh, I will, because the other stores would pay my hours and I would get that overtime. I didn't care. So finally, I got sent for to do training to become a night manager because I was working third, third shift most of the time anyway. And I go to the training store and at that same training store was the guy that I was working with for a little bit, but he got transferred to that store. And the trainer, she was just a fucking bitch. I don't even remember her name, but she was a bitch. And she was giving me impossible tasks, but I kept doing them. There was, because it's a training store, you have brand new associates that are there. 
and she would tell me, hey, please don't delegate to them because they're learning and I'm keeping an eye on them. I said, okay. And then by the end of the night and in the morning when she's reviewing me, oh, I didn't delegate. You told me not to delegate. Then when you're cleaning the frozen yogurt machines, she gave me the impossible task of, oh, clean all four within an hour. I did it. I did it. And then she found something else in it. She was giving me impossible tasks that, not impossible, I'd say, but difficult tasks that I kept rising to the challenge to meet. And when she was being a hypocrite or anything, I called her out on it for the most part. And so by the end of the two weeks of the training, they do the decision like, oh yeah, we just don't feel like you're ready. Like, okay. Come to find out a few days later, that the other guy I had worked with previously where I knew he had zero manager on duty experience besides maybe a week's worth and hardly ever works a night shift. He got the promotion. And guess what? After almost a month of that promotion, he quit because he couldn't deal with it. And I was so mad I because I complained about this to the regional manager. I remember his name being Afton and for the longest time, I saw his fucking face on the side of our fuel, of the fuel trucks. <laughs> but, and I hated it. So, but I, I put a claim with him. I said, and I talked to him on the phone. I said, this wasn't fair. This is my, come to find out that him and her ha- would hang out outside of work. They were friends. And I'm like, that's fucking great. And then, no, because I said, I have worked with all these other store managers at all these other stores. Please talk to them. They can tell you how no one vouched for me. No one was talking for me about all the times I covered for them. I took care of them. And like, if I had just gotten off work for like a nearly double shift, they asked me to come over. Yeah, I'll be there. I was, you said jump, I was there. I I was just there. So when I got back to my store, Henry, the manager I spoke of earlier, he knew I was very hurt. And from then on, I made my own policy that I would never cover a shift at another store ever again. I would not even go to a store to work as an associate to help cover. I was not doing that anymore. And I meant it. And boy, howdy, did a lot of these managers, they needed me. I remember they would call the store and asking to talk to me. Or they would ask my manager if my manager said, nope, she's not going to do it. Uh, She said no. They would call the store trying to talk to me. And I get, we would see the caller ID. We can tell it's calling from another store. I wouldn't pick it up. And if someone was asking for me, I wasn't available. <laughs> and it got to the point that a couple of those other branch managers were trying to get sneaky and somehow got my cell phone number. And they were trying to call me. And but the thing is, I've always been the type that I don't like answering phone, phone numbers I don't recognize. So I would see the voicemails or... There was like a contact thing in our system where I could see that it was a manager trying to call me because they were trying to get me to still help them when they could not help me. And I made that point clear with my manager. I said, please, next time you have a manager's meeting and or they're asking you, you remind them that I helped them so much. And I did, if they asked me, I did it. And when I needed them, not one of them spoke up to Afton when he was at when he was asking so there's someone who vouched for me to get their input about what type of person I was and how I covered shifts 
So, and that carried on all the way to the store that you and I met with. Even with Karen, she knew that story. I would not go to another branch. I would not, not even to Merritt Island. I flat out would refuse. I don't care how short staffed they are. I'm not going. This is my store. This is the one I'm employed at. This is where I'm staying. And you cannot make me go to another store. Oh, I was guilted at every single angle because we had so many call outs and it was nothing new. People would call out, people would quit. And me being the assistant manager, I would work from what, 5.30 in the morning till three in the afternoon. I would go home, sit down. They would call me, I would get up and go right back to work. Even the times I wouldn't answer my phone, the district manager would call me begging me to go back. And you mentioned you got passed up for promotions. I got passed up so many times and they would bring in people from the outside to run my store. Or they would bring in someone from another store to run my store and I would have to train them. And the, one of the breaking points was they brought in somebody from off the street to be a store manager and he lasted for three weeks and he got fired because of his poor job performance. And I remember the manager telling me at the time, he goes, Adrian, I'll be transparent with you. We just don't see you as store, store manager level. And then they will call me to help out other stores and work extra shifts and everything. And just like you, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's okay. Well, this will help you. You know, this will help you get your name out there. And, you know, we know you work hard and we'll, we'll, we, you keep doing this. We'll get you on the right track. And I had to tell them, no, I really can't do it anymore. So that was, that was definitely one of the fun things that, uh, that, 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 that led me to leave because I just truly had enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, I remember that too. I mean, even when I was still working there, it was the same thing. It it was a really difficult situation, and even for me, where Karen wanted me to get promoted so badly, and I appreciated that with her, but I did not want to because at the time, my husband was working his ass off at a job where he was working from. He would leave at eight o'clock in the morning and. He wouldn't get home until 8.30, almost 9 o'clock at night. And he did this six days a week. His only days off was a Sunday. So that was the that was my whole thing. I would not work a Sunday. That, or, no. Um, I would prefer not to work Saturdays either. But, well, I'll just give it Saturdays off. But it was the whole, if you want me to cover on a Saturday, that's okay. But Sundays, non-negotiable. So that was another reason why I didn't want to get promoted. Because how the manager schedules were... I wouldn't have a Sunday off whatsoever. And that's why I avoided doing it. And I remember it was Karen and another type of big manager. It wasn't Justin, it was somebody else, but cornered me outside and to try to get me to do, do the pro, to do the training, get the promotion. And I simply said, I will do it, but I want a Sunday off. I will work six days a week. I just want the Sunday. And I remember him telling me, oh, I'm looking at the smaller picture. I'm not looking at the bigger picture. And I told him that. I said, no, I am looking at the bigger picture. My marriage is a very important. This is a very, I'm still early in my marriage. I want to spend time with him because already from the little bit of time we see each other, we're more prone to arguments. And just because I get promoted to this, who knows how long I'll get promoted to the next position and the next position from there where I can finally get a Sunday off. I'm not trying to do that. I don't, I don't want to wait six months or years. I, this, it's not going to work for me. And then 
uh, Aaron, who was the other night manager, I remember him telling me he would switch with me so I could have a Sunday off and he would work my other day. And he was fine with that, you know, because he didn't really do much outside of work. And I presented this with him. I was like, hey, I will take the position. I will go to training and I will do a promotion because this manager says he is more than happy to do this for me. They simply said, no, we can't do that because if we do that, we have to make exceptions for other people. Okay, so what's the big deal? It, like, as long as people get their days off, they get their days off. And, or they get, they work their five days a week. So I simply said, okay, I'm not going to training. I'm not getting the promotion. I'm not doing that. My husband and what little time I have with him, because a lot of times I worked second shift too, or I got off work at 11. By the time I'm home, he's already sleeping. Or if I, by the time I got home, and by the, or from when I got home to when he got home, I had to be up for work about 4.35 o'clock most of the time, or sometimes even four. So by the time he's home, I have maybe an hour, maybe an hour before I had to go to sleep. So definitely have my priorities in order. And the fact is that they just wanted to put their foot down and they wanted me to bend to them. Nope. Oh yes, they would, they would dangle the carrot in front of you a little bit, you know, because me being a father wanting to be home for my son, coming home tired and then getting a phone call, have to turn right back around, you know, to go right back to work because somebody called out. It was, it was very difficult. And of course, I know the listeners out there are saying, well, you could always say no. Of course you can always say no. But when you're, but when you're in that bubble, you want to impress because you're a hard worker. You want to show them that you can handle it, that you can do it. And plus, you know, the money wasn't a bad thing either. It's just that after a while of being beat down you know, mentally so much with that job, it, it, it made it more difficult, especially when your coworkers were not picking up the slack and you were doing your job, their job, the manager's job on top of that, you know, just to prove that you can be a store manager. And what was a store manager? You're doing the exact same thing just that you know the managers are making more money and definitely have more liberties on you know on, on their coworkers and there was one other story i had and then we'll ask the, the third question and trust me all the, the dirt and the tea and everything will probably be spilled in the next episode just more or less like a venting thing and most people can relate because i mean it was a job and i remember working um, with an associate who was who was on drugs it was a parent he was on drugs Nobody wanted to fire him for whatever reason it was, but I had to work next to him on a Saturday, and a gentleman was literally, I hate that word, uh, literally falling asleep standing up. He was helping out a customer. He'd stop mid-sentence and close his eyes and teeter back and forth. I would have to wake him up so he can get back to work, and I would send him home. I sent him home three days straight because he was so just messed up on drugs. It was wonderful. And uh, he finally got fired for not carding somebody for beer. And then my district manager came in, let him go, and asked me if I can fulfill his shift. Even though I was there since 5.30 in the morning, he wanted me to work until 9, which is another thing. Now, you were around when he did split shifts. Is, is that right? Um, no, the split shifts were happening, like, right before I left. So, yes. Now, for racetrack, what split shifts were is if the opening manager would come in from 5.30 in the morning till 2, 3 in the afternoon, and a second shift manager will come in at 1.30 to 10. Midnight people will come in at 9.30, 
until the very next morning, until 7. Now, the caveat to that is, if, if the second shift person calls out, the morning person will have to split the shift with the overnight, which means you would work from 5.30 in the morning till maybe 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. Overnight person will come in from 7 and work till 5.30 the next morning. Now, if the overnight person called out, you worked the whole bloody shift, hoping your store manager would come in. Keyword, hoping. Because if he or she didn't answer their phone or something came up, guess what? You're there all night, folks. Because, oh, yeah. Yep, because we cannot allow one person to work overnight by themselves with the door open because that's a safety hazard, obviously. So they would- if, if you close the door, um, so they, no, I, I know, so the switch shift thing was always there. I, I thought you meant something else. But the same thing would happen with me. I would be running a shift or, you know, it would be Karen and Maria that working mornings with me as I always did. People called out, I'm the one that's asked to stay. And again, I could have said no, but already I was younger. I needed money and I always wanted to impress. That's who I was. Looking back now, I would have said no left and right. But well, probably not because that money was shit back then. And so I would get any kind of money I could get. So yeah, I remember people would call out and I am begging to go home. I remember sitting on a milk crate in the back trying to like get five minutes of sleep in a corner because I would have been there from 5.30 that morning and it's like eight o'clock that night. And then you have night people that are coming. Oh, I would get so mad because Aaron would always be late. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's coming to 11, he's still not there. Then it's almost 12. Oh, now he shows up. And I'm like, Aaron, I don't care. You're doing your walk, I'm leaving. I, I, don't, I don't care if I mess something, I'm tired. Um, so yeah, I went, yeah, it was exhausting because God forbid you get to go home. And I would make a deal. It's like, why are we keeping people that don't want to work? It was, it was interesting because we had so many, so many different types of people that worked that job. But very rarely people would get fired. Nine times out of ten, people would just quit. They would just up and quit. And we would have to pick up the slack. And it was... It was the epitome of a thankless job because anybody can do that job. They can hire anyone from out from off the street to do that job, whether they stay for two days, two weeks, two hours. And people have stayed for two hours and then left. <laughs> and you know, the, the core workers were just there and there was very few of us. I can count on one hand the you know, the, the ones that stuck around through everything, through management changes, everything. And like we mentioned before, we could go back to some of those stores and some of those people still be there, which is utterly shocking, but once again, walk a mile in their shoes. So the third and final question, which, which we'll touch on a little bit. Obviously, if we're not comfortable getting in too much of it, we don't have to. We're going to talk about the end of our tenure, how we left. And I'll have you go first on that one because mine is rather lengthy, so I'll try to give the cliff notes. Oh, well, mine is very short. Um, for like the last six months, almost a year, I kept saying I wanted to leave, I wanted to leave, but I just wasn't leaving. And it's like the universe is like, well, we're going to make you leave. It was the beginning of December, and I hurt my back. I knew to lift with my legs. Basically, how it was explained to me is that my back just decided to give out. I 
we've had some of this called McLean trucks, basically semis pulling up to deliver totes and packs of really heavy items to the store. And I would always mostly be the person that was in charge of taking care of that stuff because I was very quick, efficient, and just got it done. That and I hated being on the register. And if I didn't need to be, I'd rather get work done. So pretty much my back gave in and my lower back. And I was in so much pain. And my management knew this. Three managers were aware that I was really injured. And again, being young, I don't think about workman's comps or my rights or anything like that. I just knew I was in pain. Pain as in, if I had to get out of my car, I would have to, my door, my door would be open. My hands would have to grip the top of my car door and brace myself to pull myself up because that was painful. It was painful to just turn in my bed. Um, if I had to put on pants, I would have to like either sit and slowly pull it that way or my hand would, I basically would need to grab something and have some kind of support. Uh, and that is applied to many other things. And this was going on for a month because when this happened, two people quit and one person was fired. And it was finally, basically a day over a month later, because I remember that I'm working. And then you have Amber, who was the second shift manager at the time, just coming to me saying, hey, Ashley, we have somebody on the phone for you. Basically, it was a three-way call between Karen and Justin telling me I needed to leave, file workman's comp, they did this after they hired three replacements. I suffered for a month and they knew that. And then they sent out of the blue, no, no way to prepare myself. Go to workman's comp, you, you, you can't work anymore because you're injured. Great, thanks. Lengthy battle with that. Um, but yeah, workman's comp, racetrack, I fall, all this, all this stuff. Uh, I'm legally can never work for racetrack again. So, oh no about that. Um, but yeah, so that was my way out. It was, I got injured at work and all the people, all the upper management that were aware of it did not do anything to help me or educate me or try to ease my pain. And they waited until they found enough people to replace me and then told me to leave a workman's comp. Wow. Well, that's interesting. And I know we touched on that how many years ago? <laughs> yeah, I want to say at least four to five years ago. At least. Mine, I know I know. I talked about mine in past episodes. So guys, instead of digging, oh wow. Working in my regular store, second shift manager. I forgot the actual title of it. But after me bitching and kvetching and groaning and moaning about, you know, wanting to be a store manager and wanting just an opportunity to sniff that position because... I went through three store managers at that particular store. They failed tremendously on all fronts. I had to pick up the slack, work multiple shifts, you know, you name it. I've done it. It was what it was. I chose to do it. Finally, Justin came up to me. He goes, we have an opportunity for you. Uh, we're going to send you to Palm Bay. Um, excuse me. We're going to send you to Melbourne. You can train over there for a bit. And we're going to put you on a speed course. Worked there for a few weeks under the manager. When she goes on vacation, you can run that location. We'll see how you do after that. You know, everything will be gravy. I'm like, fine. 
Uh, my team were very sad to see me go. They threw me a party, everything. It was, it was good. Some of my customers were upset. I cannot believe it. I had cards and money and blah, blah, blah. And people were generally upset to see me leave. So, I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, Walker AC goes to another store, gets introduced to that particular store manager. Instantly, I knew it was over because she did not want to help me at all. Her first words to me was, come into it with an open mind. No problem. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. I'll help. And yes, she did not give two French fry teddy fucks about my progress, my training, or anything. I was just there just to relieve her because she was going to leave to go on paternity. And yeah, it was horrible. It was so, so horrible. I was treated like garbage. I drove, you know, 45 minutes to work. No big deal. But it became a, I have to go to work now. It became one of those. And then work, when work ceases to become fun, then you need to leave. And I was starting not to have fun. The training wasn't there. I complained to the district. He spoke to the young lady. She said, okay, I'll do better. She did not do better, made it worse. And it was my fault. I take full responsibility. One morning I woke up and I'm like, no, I'm done. I looked at my bank account. I'm like, yep, I'm done. I came into work at 5.30, did my morning stuff. My team came in, I looked around. I'm like, guys, um, I'm leaving. And I left, <laughs> I left. The manager blew up my phone, district manager blew up my phone. I didn't answer my phone for a couple of days. This is on a Monday. Friday, it was payday and something happened with the paychecks. I text one of my guys, they're like, hey, something wrong with corporate, your paychecks will be postponed until the Monday. No problem. Justin calls me. Um, no, I lie, excuse me. I call Justin, letting him know, hey, what's going on with my paycheck? He tells, fills me in, I'm like, okay, fine. And then he asked me what I want to do. And actually I told him, like, um, do what? I'm leaving, I quit. He goes, no, and he goes, no, um, what do you want to do? I'm like, meaning? And we had a conversation over the phone and he goes, look, I don't want you to leave. I want you to come back, but I want you to come work in Cape Canaveral. Don't think about being a manager for a while. Just work in Cape Canaveral, build yourself back up. We'll go from there, water under the bridge. Fine, fine, you start fresh Monday morning, no problem. I go in Monday morning, I sit down with a young lady who we will name Karen. She wants to talk to me. So I'm like, okay, we postpone our conversation for two days. Wednesday, she comes in the morning, I have a conversation with her. I'm like, yes, what would you like to say to me? And Ashley, she blistered me for about a good 15 minutes outside. And by blistering, I mean she verbally just let loose on me for 15 minutes saying, how, uh, how dare I leave? How dare I leave the team hanging? You know, who do I think I am? Everything for 15 minutes. I didn't say a word, I just sat there and she just lit me up for 15 minutes. And then when she was done, she asked me, she goes, do you have anything to say? And I'm like, yes, matter of fact, I do. I left because I wanted to. I left because I didn't feel I was being treated well. And she cut me off and she let me up for another 15 minutes. And then when she was done, I'm like, I have nothing else to say. I smiled and I went back to work. And then uh, 
two days later, we were supposed to have a visit from corporate. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, corporate may come in for 15 minutes, look around, speak to the manager, and leave. They really don't check on anything. And, uh, yeah, came into work, and late young lady, who we shall name Karen, came in, ranted and raved on the store. We need to do A, B, and C, and D. We need to do it quick. We take our breaks early. No excuses. Let's go. We were there for an hour, and we had to take our mandatory break. So she looked at me, and she goes, stop what you're doing. Take a break. And by that time, Ashley, I was done. I picked up the phone, called my girlfriend at the time, and I told her, I'm like, look, I'm going to leave. I just had enough. I'm going to leave. What do you think? And she goes, go ahead. I got your back. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm going on break, guys. Be back. I went home, and I took a nap. <laughs> and I woke up, and I had like 10 missed calls from corporate, from Karen, everybody, and that was the last I heard from that job. So I could have done it differently. I could have done it professionally, but mentally I was just, I, I was spent. I was defeated and I, and, and I had to leave. Granted, that does not compare to what you had to do, but I kind of did it on my terms. Yeah, I mean, like, and I hate it because, of course, I sold Karen in a different way, but the way that because it doesn't surprise me about because she was the type that she would go on and on and she would interrupt um but i always feel very sad to know that you and i had two different experiences with the same person and it's not like i don't believe you or anything like that it's just for me it's just wow you know the treatment i got versus the treatment you got from her and it just pretty much we just got but we both and like in our own ways we were both done dirty by that company and just your story saying, I've had enough of this, I'm walking out. Two non-racetrack related, quick little, because I know we're about to wrap up here. Two, really quick, it reminds me of Jeffrey, who was a past guest uh, on the Root of All Ashley, and we haven't brought him back on yet, but past guest. Him and I worked, met and worked from SeaWorld. I remember how he quit. I was no longer with SeaWorld at this point, he still was. But I remember he quit because he was coming into work and he was on shift to do the dishwash like the dishwashing for that day and normally you know he comes he comes in the afternoon so people that are working in the morning they should have been doing the dishes he came in to what could be the best way to describe mountains of dirty dishes and he saw that and he was like nope fuck this and he walked out and he did not go back and fun fact is, like, I guess a handful of months later, he got, he applied to go back to SeaWorld, and he got hired back, but he just went to work in the attractions instead of culinary, which, so it was just funny. And he pretty much did the same thing, I believe, there as well. And then I remember I was looking for a job in the Cape Canaveral, and it was one of those beach stores. And I only worked there for one day because I saw how the boss there treated all the people. How the people was the store, all the employees were literally all just girls. And how he talked down to them and how he would yell at people. And and I was just there for that day and I was like, mm, no, no. And I called him the next morning saying, hey, I'm not gonna come work there. When can I come pick up my, day, my check for the one day I was there? And they told me and I came in, got it, left. That was it. <laughs> yes, stuff like this really doesn't, really doesn't surprise me anymore. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, to all the people out there who are listening saying, 
you know, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you speak up? Or why didn't you just gut it out? And to them, I say, you're right. I should have gutted it out. I should have, you know, put my head down and worked hard and, you know, really earned my spot that I was fighting so hard for. And I really don't have a rebuttal to that because I don't have any regrets it how I... Worth it. Yeah, it's, it, it wasn't really worth it. I don't regret how I left. I just wish I could have done it differently. But in the end, if I didn't leave the way I left, I wouldn't be in the position that I am right now. I mean, extremely happy, much more mentally focused and clear and, and healthy. Because, you know, as you know, working there wasn't healthy because of all the things we had to do. And that wasn't a career. It, it wasn't really a career. And kudos for the people who chose to, to stick it out. You know, for the people that when we go, the very rare occasion, we go by there to get gas or food or anything, that the people that we used to work with are still there. I give them props for still sticking it out, you know, because they made it work and they're happy with what they're doing. Even if they're not happy with what they're doing, they're comfortable. That's a whole other story for another day. So, yeah, I, you know, I should have done it differently, but at that time, there was no other way because it wasn't fun anymore. It didn't benefit myself and my family situation. It just wasn't right. And plus, it makes for a really good story that in postscript to this, I bumped into a young lady who was a manager that we didn't get along, that she listened to my show, she complimented me on the show, and she told me, she goes, yeah, I know you're talking about me, and it's okay. So that, that, that had a nice little bow on it. But, um, but your thoughts on, on your whole experience because once again, next show, we're just going to just bury the company itself. Not just the pe not, not the people. We're just going to just bury the practices and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely, be, I'll definitely be prepared for that. But pretty much is I had good memories working there uh, during my early years with it. But it was mostly because of the people I worked with, not the company itself. And that company, just like most corporate corporations, they will just let you crash and burn, and they don't care because you're just another um, number on on their paperwork. So, no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> nah, no regrets either. Because once again, if I didn't work there, I wouldn't have met really good people. I wouldn't have met my girlfriend at the time for a very brief period of time. We dated, um, and just. I wouldn't have met um, some people who are controversial who are probably still in jail right about now. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I, made some really, I met some really good people. So next show, yeah, you too. You bought me apple fritters for a while there to, to get me off your back. Um, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And yes, I met you. I met Veronica. You know, I met Aaron and a couple other good people you know, that I work with. So... But uh, the next show, it's all dirt. It's all tea, as the kids would say, because I'm old and I don't understand that reference. Um, and everything else down and dirty. So if you like negativity, people, next week will definitely be for you. And so as we put a capper on the show, is uh, how can people find you, dear Ashley? You can find me on Instagram as Majestic Nerd Lady. You can only find me there. If you find me on any other platform, it's either not me or it's private. Majestic Nerd Lady is the only one I'm willing to open publicly. Despite my profile being private, you can message me and you can request to add me 
Um, just send me a message saying that you're a listener of the show and I'm open to chat, take criticism. Uh, we can talk smack about Adrian. We can talk about how lovely, you know, his mom is. I mean, I'm, I'm down for it. So, yeah, Majestic Nerd Lady. <laughs> and, of course, you can write to us at slackingmajestically01 at yahoo.com. That's slackingmajestically01 at yahoo.com. Find us on 22 free platforms. Good God almighty. Find us anywhere from the Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. Just look for the Walker AC Experience. Be sure to subscribe. Give it a thumbs up, like, comment, everything in between. And also show some love to our products here at cathepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. And our show is an hour a week, just an hour. Hang out with us, unplug your brain, have a good time, take us worth a grain of salt, learn, open your brain, just everything in between. Sometimes we'll go over an hour if we have some good topics. There is no time limit on this show. So, Ashley, don't worry. If you have stories to go over an hour, we don't mind. It's okay. In the interim, do you have anything for us before we uh, say goodbye? Well... Just one question. Okay. What do you say to a hitchhiker with just one leg? What? Hop in. Good night. Good night.